Thank you for joining us on the coaching podcast. As part of the Sin Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinesi. Welcome to the Sin Network Coaching Podcast. My name is Dino Sinesi, and I'm the Director of Coaching for the Sin Network. And uh, today, I have a guest from St. Louis. His name is Noah Oldham. Now, Noah is a utility player. Now you know I'm going to segue into baseball, right? He's a utility player in the kingdom because he's Sin City missionary, uh, and that's part of his role. And the other part of his role is that he is a church planter and pastor of a multi-campus church in St. Louis, August Gate Church. Welcome, Noah, to the podcast. Thanks, Dino. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. And so let's talk Cardinals. What are you thinking? What's it going to look like this year? Because at least now we're in March, so we're thinking baseball, right? Oh, man, yeah. Well, you know, I think the Cardinals always kind of look middle of the pack strong, even when we've been the best in the division or ended up best in the division. But folks are pretty depressed right now. We just had a pitcher that uh, we offered money to, and he took $5 million less to go to another city Ouch. so that he could win. So I think that I think that people are a little bit down in the dumps right now. Well, let me tell you, as a baseball fan, I've never been anti-Cardinal, but I've been a Reds fan and a Braves fan. And uh, so a uh, great deal of respect for a great organization. And yes, many years you have looked like middle of the pack, and you've come out with the World Series on those years. So, yeah. So be be encouraged. You can do it without. <laughs> oh, what's his name? That's right. So very good. What's one place I need to eat in St. Louis the next time I come? I'm not sure if you've eaten there already. I may have pushed you this direction, but uh, Bailey's Range. It's a restaurant at 10th and Olive downtown. It's a uh, St. Louis original restaurant. The owner Bailey. Everything he touches turns to gold, but it's a craft burger, craft uh, milkshake place, uh, all locally sourced, in-house baked goods. It's an amazing wow. place. Yeah, yeah. You're making me hungry. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so very good. And we went to a good place last time. We were there with your coaches, your existing coaches. We got some good food. Do you remember where that was? Man, I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to uh, to Tucker's. It was a steakhouse in Soulard, yeah. Oh, dude, that was some good grub right there. So that was, that was. was very good. What is your wife's name? My wife's name is Heather. Yeah, Heather. And I met Heather at a uh, either a SIN conference or I think it was a SIN conference at Long Beach. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met her. But uh, how's everything with Heather? It's great. She's busy these days. She is the, uh, the pastor's, uh, the planter wife care advocate here in St. Louis, and she homeschools our four children, and she's a lead pastor's wife, and so she does a tremendous amount. She's busy, but she's thriving. She's doing well. Wow, and she is busier than you, and you're a utility player. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she keeps it all together here. <laughs> very, very good. What's something your family loves to do in St. Louis together? We love to hit up some of the free spots in St. Louis. St. Louis is known to be one of the most budget-friendly family cities. We got it a world-renowned zoo that's absolutely free. And so we wow. like to hit that up. We like to go to Cardinals baseball games. Um, we like to spend time together. Since we homeschool, uh, we really we enjoy our time together. And so we try to do a weekly family worship with the kids, break out uh, musical instruments, and some of them dance. We put music on YouTube, on the TV. 
and uh, just just let loose for Jesus. It's a lot of fun. That sounds so cool. Appreciate your family. Appreciate Heather. And I know that's something that is is vitally important to what's going on in your world. So I appreciate you as well, my friend. And yeah. uh, I want to talk about uh, coaching in St. Louis. Obviously, this is a coaching podcast. I'm just a curious guy, and I love big cities and what God's doing in those cities. But uh, we're to talk about church planner coaching. There, there was you gave us a longer story in a previous podcast, but coaching is there's a personal meaning to coaching to you. Could you give us a, a thumbnail of that story? Yeah, um, the story goes that we had a, a miscarriage early in the life of our church after years of infertility and and then getting pregnant on our own. Um, we lost a baby in the middle of the pregnancy, and we were just alone, and we were crushed. And uh, it was in that season of life when we felt like we had no one to turn to that my coach pursued me deeper in conversation and deeper in relationship in the midst of our coaching relationship. And through that, brought his wife into the situation to help uh, care for my wife, and they became some of the most dear people to us. Um, again, I always say, if it wasn't for the Hubbards, we might not be in ministry today. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a great story. I would surely recommend uh, to our listeners, if you did not hear the previous podcast, uh, you could find it on the Sin Network uh, coaching page, and uh, you'd love to hear the details of how God used Mike Hubbard as a shepherd coach to walk alongside and shepherd the soul of Noah and Heather during excruciating uh, circumstances, and it gives you a little bit of a different vision of, of, of the value of coaching. For some planters, uh, Noah, you know they perceive this as, well, this is what NAM's making me do, or this is what my network's making me do. i got to have a coach. Oh, no, I hate it. And, and when in reality, a great coach is a gift from God. Absolutely, 100% necessary for the life and the health of a planter. Yeah, very much so. And so uh, tell me, uh, give me an update. How are things going for church planter coaching in St. Louis? It's going really well. I mean, St. Louis has always been, uh, since I've been here at least, a strong city for coaching. When I was going through the planting process uh, nearly a decade ago, um, immediately the different networks that exist here were all pushing coaching uh, as something that was necessary and helpful and, and beneficial and trying to train coaching. But what's been so cool about the last season for St. Louis, uh, Dino, you brought it to St. Louis, this unified vision for what our coaching can be. And so while we have a couple different state conventions that we work with and local associations, we've been able through our NAM coaching, our SEND network coaching, to bring a one central lane for coaching instead of three or four or five different avenues. And that's been so helpful. We can track coaching better. We know who and who isn't in coaching and it helps us to, to find coaches in an easier way as well. Yes, uh, very much. It, it's when you think about something that'll last and something that'll grow, mm -hmm. there has to be some unity and, yeah. and what what does it mean to have a coach and how often does someone meet with their coach and what do they talk about? Uh, I've been having these conversations specifically in the NAM context for five years, many years before that as well. And uh, it's, you know, coaching has been very random uh, across North America. Some guys like yourself, you had a great 
great coaching story, but there was probably three or four guys in St. Louis that that didn't have that same opportunity. Uh, the sheer numbers uh, get ahead of us, but by having a system that creates a culture, then then that's that the number of coaches that know what they're doing and are passionate about what they do continues to grow as your church planters grow, and then yes. and then every every planter has what they need, which is a great coach. So, what's your biggest challenge right now with uh, church planter coaching? Um, we need more coaches. Uh, we have had a lot of guys doing a lot of things for years, and we're trying to grow our pool of coaches, guys that are interested in it, um, even guys who aren't connected to church planting. We have a lot of guys who are getting coaching right now who we think are going to be tremendous coaches um, after this initial season of planting and receiving coaching. Uh, but we need to grow our pool. And so we're beginning to look even outside our region and even outside our tribe a little bit uh, to get guys that are excited about the process of of drawing out of these church planters and helping them to flourish as they do it. Yes. And definition of coaching, I, I'm, I'm thinking of this too. As you find the coaches, as you train them, as you assign them, uh, one of the, well, there's two things that I want to address the one at the end, but one of the, one of the things that our coach developers, such as your, uh, top-level coach developer Kevin Wright on your staff, they, they often say, my coaches just want to hang out with their guys. There's not that level of intentionality. What are you doing and what could we do to help move our coaches to being more intentional? Well, I think one of the number one things is finding that coaching champion. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Wright, our coaching champion, I can't say enough good things about. Not only is he uh, like you said, he's on my staff. We planted August Gate Metro East together. He leads that gathering for our church, but he's a natural coach. Mm-hmm. He is so good at it. And so when this role became available and it was placed in front of him, it was just a perfect fit. And so he is reproducing that. He's encouraging that culture. He's reminding people of what coaching is and what coaching isn't. Because I think in most of our lives, especially those who played sports, we hear the word coach we often think more like a mentor. We think like a sports coach of somebody who was really good before. And now that since they got bad knees, all they do is tell people how to do it. (laughs) But, but that's not what we're looking for. And Kevin understands that. And he is creating a culture here that um, is, is just exactly what we have needed in this season. Well, he is doing an incredible job and I could attest to that from my seat on the bus. And you're, you're a great team because you have the, the, the bigger picture, you have the heart, you have the personal experience that says you really need a coach. And Kevin's doing a great job implementing, and he really does embody what a great coach coaches like and how a great coach thinks. Uh, so uh, I've seen, even in my own journey, I learned the most about coaching through having a great coach and then through coaching reps, just getting out there and doing it. Uh, uh, Kim Robinson spoke to our team. He, he used something in a, a broader context, but it's like get out of the huddle and run some plays. Uh, a lot of times we have coaching huddles, right? Let's train. Let's advance our skills. Let's go to advanced training. Let's go to 100 hours of training. It's like, you know, the, the training can help prepare you to coach, but only coaching can make you a great coach. Reps, reps, reps. And so uh, you got somebody like Kevin around and others. I know some of your other coaches appreciate their passion and heart. Of course, Mike Hubbard, uh, the, the veteran uh, in, in your coaching system, a great coach. And so I think that's great for your culture. Uh, now, another thing that I get from coaches is the uh, my church planner doesn't want to be coached. 
And so normally who's listening to this podcast is coaches, but I, I think, you know, what words would you give that planter? Maybe that's words this coach is going to pick up and give to a planter to help them really want to be coached or be coachable. What are some words yeah. of encouragement you give there? Yeah, we just try to give testimonials. You know, we, we walk a, a planter through the process uh, we really don't make coaching optional. Uh, we don't force it on them either, but we we tell them, here is what NAM is giving to you. This is what we're going to provide for you. And we just tell the story in a compelling way how this is this is how coaching can help you and benefit you. And we 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 frame it and we shape it as the gift that it is mm-hmm. instead of a jumping through hoops. And we've had a couple guys who have gone through that who feel like they don't necessarily need it. And when that happens, I generally have a one-on-one conversation with them. And I ask them this question, have I ever asked you to do something that's a waste of your time? Wow. And uh, thanks be to God, they usually say, no, absolutely not. Everything you've asked me to do or told me I need to do has been really beneficial. So coaching is uh, even more important than that. And so this is going to be good, and we're going to get you the right coach too. So I think that's necessary. If you have a system where you're matching guys up in a relationship that's going to be beneficial, a guy taste it just a little bit, he's going to be sold on it. And so I just tell a guy, trust me, and let's move forward in this together. Yeah, that's good. Matchups are important, getting the right matchups, uh, creating the right culture, which you guys have done. And it really does take time. And so yeah. building a coaching culture in most cities, although St. Louis had the benefit of having a longer history of coaching, it, it takes a while. It takes a few people going through a coaching cycle. Those informal conversations that a person coached has, that's worth 100 points on the on a zero scale to say, you know, it just takes one of those from somebody like you with leadership cred it says trust me this is going to help you one of the other cool things too dino is that in our process after we do the one day coaching map we do peer-to-peer coaching for a few months and i have grown so much in peer-to-peer coaching Mm. and so i'm able to tell planters that as well like i've gone through coaching and here's the ways that it's benefited me you want to do this Yes. And, and, and in, in, at least in our process, uh, practicing, Keith Webb says that when you have follow-up practice to do after training, the results goes up 300%. I, I would be scared to think about what our results would be without peer coaching. And that's where we take yeah. two participants, two coaches uh, that are, that are, that are uh, going to be deployed within 60 to 90 days. We let them practice for a couple of months together. We even look in on them and give them some feedback because we don't want it to be okay coaching. We are targeting it's for it to be great coaching. And so those relationships help prepare them for their planter. We want the planter to get the best possible coach they could get. So that's another word too. If if we've got a crummy coaching in our city, we're kidding ourselves. We're trying to take a, talk a planter into having one. Right. Yeah, right. So, so, hey, no, I appreciate it. This is a lot of value, I think, for our listeners today. And uh, if you'll check our show notes, you'll be able to see uh, a link to August Gate Church, a link to our Sin Network coaching page, and even a way to get access to more podcasts than just this one. The podcast is focused on helping coaches uh, become great coaches. So we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your feedback. And Noah, thank you for the update on the St. Louis Cardinals, but even more important, for Church Planner Coaching in St. Louis. Thanks for having me, Dino. That's awesome. And until the next time, keep coaching. You've been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.